The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Live on Port Fan Radio, I'm your host Macca19 and joining us is the Rickster. How are you buddy? I'm very good Macca, very good. Freaky My Reaky. team's top of the tree, so life's pretty good. Top of the ladder, mate. It's a good place to be. Top of the ladder. Hey, we've been there since round one. So we have. We have. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in this leap year theory, so I'm excited. Mate, we've been there for more than four months now, on top of the ladder. Yeah, it's awesome. Not many teams right. have done that recently. Yeah, I mean, well, what are we? Six and two? Yep. So we're pretty much halfway through the season. Yep. So that equate that will equate to uh, thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. We would have to almost keep top spot with that, wouldn't we? Who knows, mate? Who knows? We'd have, we'd have to be top two, thirteen and four, surely. If we if we can replicate that, then we'll stay on top, I would think. Yeah. If. Yeah. Big if. Why would Why wouldn't we? Why would we? Injuries. Yep. Form, coaching. Coaching. Skills. Form, game plan. Skills. Belief. Umpires. Crowd. Fucking umpires. Dirty yellow scumbaggy maggots. <laughs> they well, let's get into bastards. it. <clears throat> Absolutely. Cheated. Scum of the earth. Well, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, let's go through our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the weekend. What was your love this week, mate? Uh, I struggled, Macca. Yeah, uh, me I'm, too. Well, there wasn't... There wasn't I, I'm actually going to say I've got no love, to be honest. There's there was nothing no love, love nothing today. love-worthy about this weekend. I'm, I could go just with the... the the corny or obvious, uh, you know, Darcy Burjones sort of stuff. But it's a team game, not individual. And yep. I uh, I got no love, no loving this weekend. Fair enough. Look, I love being corny, so my love was DBJ. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, you know, when everyone else was fumbling, <clears throat> he was basically the only cool head out there who was, uh, you know, one touch grabbing the ball, not fumbling. You know, he was pretty sure with his disposal. And, you know, he's really turned into a great player for us. Absolutely. He, uh, you know, he was, he was in and out of the side early on in his career. And, um, yeah, but he was always hard. And he's a little he's a little George Fiacci Jr., isn't he? He, he has is. a bit of a George look about him. and He's uh, got the George haircut, that's for sure. Got the George haircut. I don't know if George maybe he's taking him under his wing at some stage and, uh, you know, he plays the same ferocious attack and got that grunt about him and uh, nice run and carry from the defensive half. So he's yep. a great player. Absolutely. What was your hate? Consistent. consistent. Very consistent. That's why he was in the old Australian squad last year. Hopefully he goes one step further and makes the old Australian team this year. Um, I guess the my hate is... The same old, same old. Yep. Right? That, the game was the standard template game of Port Adelaide against a, you know, I'll say a big name. Reasonable. Team, but mm. a, a, more like a 
a pressured team, right? So a team that's sort of at our level. And that's been the standard game plan since 2015 that we've repeatedly encountered where, um, you know, we complain about the umpires. We complain about the ball movement. We complain about lack of skills and composure. And we complain about lack of flair and courage. And it's, you know, it's the Richmond game of last year. Yeah. Um, it's the, you know, not even, no, even the Brisbane game was deplorable. The GWS game yep. from last year, you know, rinse and repeat. You know, the Geelong game every time they come here, the West Coast game every time we come here, we had no courage with the ball movement. We didn't try to move the ball fast. Um, we got reamed by the umpires. Um, yeah, it was just same old, same old. And that's that's my hate. Yeah, I think that's um, that's pretty fair. I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit more detail as well. But um, my hate was uh, Marshall out for six weeks with a busted thumb, which is uh, very mm. annoying. Very, very annoying. Very disappointing. Yeah, considering um, how good he's been so far this year, and uh, it's going to really test us out up forward. I it's think be in a terms loss. of big loss, <clears throat> it's going to test us in terms of structure. Um, you know, who's going to replace him? I think we're all a bit concerned about that. Uh, we've got a couple well, of tall options there, but uh, whether we go with surely, them or not, who knows? Surely it's time of the Hayes. I'd like to see Hayes come in. I think we definitely definitely need to play Hayes in the next few if weeks. He's, if, he's, if he's reasonably fit, now yep. is the time um, to play Hayes. I would be even though this is a Thursday night discussion, but I'd definitely be dropping West off the Lyset if he's fit, and I would be bringing in Hayes for Marshall, yeah. or vice versa. But you know, we need to we need to be blooding these guys, and I think we need to be playing Laddams, Lyset, and Hayes if Marshall and um, West off are out of the side. Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. I definitely agree. We need to be playing. Both of Laddams and Hayes this week against Gorn, because uh, I don't think Laddams can do it on his own. No. And the good thing about Hayes is he can play forward. He's a good mark. He's a good kick at goal. Um, he can play that position pretty well. So he's not just a ruckman. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the decision that I would make this week for sure. Foul, I mean, shall... maybe maybe Hayes could be like a the centre tap ruckman, and then. Uh... Laddams is the mobile around the ground, Rutman. Yeah. Yes. And to your point, yes, it was, you know, same old, same old. It was, um, I don't know, it was a very frustrating game of football, that's for sure. And you could sense it early on that we were, you know, that sort of 5 or 10% off that St Kilda were taking all their chances that we weren't. Um, so we might as well get straight into the review. Round eight saw us play St Kilda, and after a seesawing first three quarters, St Kilda ran away with a five goal to zero last quarter to win by 29 points, 12 goals one to six goals eight. Uh, we had no multiple goal scorers. And a little uh, fast fact here St Kilda's 12 goals one is statistically the most accurate scoreline in VFL AFL history. What do you think of that, Rick? Yeah, I don't really care. Only against Whatever. us, mate. Yeah, well, hey, it was no different to the sun shining out of Brisbane's ass only against us a couple of weeks ago as well. True. You know, where everything rolled their way. I mean, they kicked 5 nil in the last. They also had 5 nil in the umpiring stakes too in the last. Um, I thought there was a very pertinent uh, 
post and research piece by one of the big footy posters where they broke down the uh, the free kicks around the ground and um, the number of frees inside forward 50 and resulting in goals. And uh, and then also the statistical anomaly of Port Adelaide and free kicks at Adelaide Oval compared to our counterparts. I thought that made really interesting reading. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had a few... Um chats on the Spreaker chat to start with. Scott has said his love was live footy for the first time in 10 months. Got to agree with that. Uh, IBD1977 has said, can we go back to Amy Stadium? We might be able to win games at home again. Uh, yes, we can We could probably do that, I reckon. We could... Uh, standing room I don't think Adelaide Oval's got anything to do with it. Well, that's one of the real sort of interesting things. Is it just us, or is it that we don't know how to play our home game, our home ground properly? I, you know, I noticed someone else. Because um, we had the same that... issues at Footy Park. Sorry to interrupt, but we did have the same issues at Footy Park from you know 2008 onwards. We had the exact same issues. So I don't think it's a ground issue. I think it's just a Port Adelaide issue. Well, I, I do feel like. The, the players are like almost so ingrained with the love for the supporters and the pressure of playing for the supporters and all that sort of stuff. I do feel like they actually sort of choke under the pressure of expectation of the supporters. Mm. I, I disagree. I don't think it's that at all. I, I think it's just we don't know how to get motivated enough and to not let good opportunities slip because we've seen it at home, we've seen it away from home against good sides, against bottom sides. doesn't seem to matter. Um, I think they we, get over-motivated. As we've, motivated, said, as we've said, we've said it a hundred, probably literally a hundred times on this podcast. You know within the first five minutes what Port Adelaide's going to come out and play like and uh, whether we're going to win or not. Um, so I don't think it's an Adelaide Oval issue. I think it's, I think it's just a Port Adelaide issue. I think it's just a maybe player, uh, maybe player Kenny talent gets too tense before the game, and then it puts over to the players. Maybe, but we've we've seen inside the uh, the locker room, and it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't really feel like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's a strange. Maybe, maybe it's just the maybe we're just not very good. Are, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we're just not the very good players. The the role models of the team yeah. that have been there barnacled on for a very long period of time. Um, that have delivered us the same results for a long period of time. Maybe they, as a collective group, not as individuals, but as a collective group, don't handle that weight of expectation very well. Maybe. Look, good news. Portia has said on the speaker chat she's uh, she might be available to start doing some pods again, which is good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Please. Do Thursday nights, for the love of God. Rick's doing windmills at, at the moment. He's that happy. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm just so busy. I've got no time to research. Like Monday, the re- preview, the review shows are great because you're just observing and commenting on the observations of the game. But the preview ones, you've got to do a bit of research, and I'm just too bloody busy. So, mm. um, and Portia doesn't. There's no one better than Portia at that that show. She's the master. Absolutely. Scott has said his hate is uh, he loves how after 280 games, the Hoff lacks basic AFL game sense still. <laughs> Which is uh, pretty, pretty well, true, he, I would think. He, nah, look, he, I'm a big hop <clears throat> knocker, but everyone fucks up every now and again. He, he shanked a kick, right? But yeah, he took a bloody good mark before he shanked the kick. Yeah, well, let, let's but, 
Before we get into that, let's go through your review of the game, mate. What what happened out there to start with? The day was stormy, my friend. The <laughs> sea was angry, to quote George from Seinfeld. Um, look, I, I actually intentionally watched the first quarter on replay because I didn't see it. I was in Wyala, but um, look, it was a hard... I thought it was... The beginning was a hard contest. Um, you could see there was some alarm bells with the centre work, but we were, we were semi on top around the ground. Um, but their rucks in the first quarter were still getting to us. Um, but it was a tight tussle. I didn't think, I didn't think the beginning, the umpiring was as noticeable as what people thought. I know you were quite open with your views that the umpiring wasn't that bad. Um, and, uh, but then, as you could see, the first half, you know, we were right in there. We, we coughed up through some mistakes, um, some easy goals, which kept St Kilda in the game. Our goal kicking was poor, which is another Groundhog Day moment for us in these pressure games. We, uh, you know, when we have the opportunity um, to put the foot on the throat of these teams, we, we don't take it. Um, and, you know, so we were winning that forward 50 battle. Um, but we weren't penetrating the scoreboard and, and putting on any advantage. Um, you know, the third quarter was starting to look a little bit worrisome, but we were we were still around the mark. But definitely, I, you know, I, I'm not blind. Everyone, unless you're blind, Freddie would know that we were starting to get smashed around the centre. You could see that our midfielders were getting sucked into the contest. Um, the they left their players a little bit outside of the contest. Typical Crows game that we played in previous years, really. Um, and they would ring it around our, our midfield and, and then sweep it outside the contest and run it forward. So their transitionary play around the contest and even from defence was a lot better than ours. And and our play was very stagnant, right? I noticed Janus on Big Footy was sort of commenting that, you know, that they felt that that stagnant play came from... Um, umpiring decisions that where we got free kicks in the defensive half, which means it slows down um, the game plan, which also allows the opposition to structure up defensively. Um, and well, if that's true, um, it was. You could probably say it was right because at the, you can see that every time we got a you know play from defensive fifty, St Kilda structured up well down the line, and also were able to transition across. To stop any uh, around the around the zone transition play as well, which has been one of our great assets this year, being able to move the ball quickly from one end to the other. Um, yep. And I think Nathan Bassett commented on our um, our ball movement being very bland. So and it was bland, like we just kicked down the line. It was boring as batshit, um, mm. to be honest. Let's be be honest. And then the the last quarter was an abomination of football for us. You know, everything yep. went wrong. Did go wrong. They got. They got bloody soft free kicks. Um, we didn't get free kicks that were there, like the Laddams one a couple of times, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, everything rolled their way. Fortune favours the brave, and we just got smashed, and it was a slaughter, and it was shit to watch. Um, and it just resulted in a, a five-goal loss and standard to what we normally do. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. That's right. Yeah, look, I... Have to agree with most of that. I thought. Uh, look, I thought it was a really good game of footy up until three quarter time. I thought it was. Yeah, a, it was a tussle. Right? It, was, it was. It was a real good sort of game of chess. Like, you know, neither team was really on top. You know, they were making the most of their opportunities. We were probably squandering some of ours. Once again, we saw, 
you know, a period of 10 minutes in that third quarter where we had the ball almost constantly in our forward 50 and just couldn't kick a goal. And, uh, you know, they took it down the other end and scored, and, you know, that was a bit disappointing. But I felt at three-quarter time, in general play, you know, we're probably still on top. Home ground, crowd advantage, will probably win this game. And uh, obviously the last quarter happened. And uh, Port Adelaide happened. Ports, what happened, Power? But, but uh, you know, the first four rounds, Macker, of the season, our goal kicking was amazing. It was like, hey, this is yeah. a new power side, right? Yeah. And that reflected on us winning, putting pressure on the opposition and getting bigger scores because we were able to apply yeah. scoreboard pressure. The last four games, our scoreboard pressure has slowly deteriorated to where we are now. Yeah. And so is it a is it a reoccurring theme based on our fitness? So as we tire as the season goes on and our you know, our legs we, we can't execute under fitness. So is it a fitness thing? Um, you know, because really we haven't changed that much from the beginning to where we are now in the season. So mm. um, you know, I do wonder is it a fitness thing? We start off well fit but then uh, we burn out quicker than other teams maybe. Maybe it might be a fitness thing. Obviously, we've been away from home and done a lot of travelling in the last uh, however long. But um, you know, I don't think that's much of an excuse anymore because everyone's doing that. Um, especially St Kilda, you know, they they were offered days less break as well coming here and all that sort of thing. So I don't know. I, I just don't think we handled the conditions too well. It was a very dewy night at the ground. Um, they we, didn't we have just... a problem with their conditions. Well, exactly. I, as, as I said, I think we did. You know, we yeah. um, we fumbled a well, lot. Well, there's no, there's no Especially in that, first, for that first quarter, first half, we fumbled a lot. It's um, our home ground. It is our home right? ground, exactly. We should know the conditions. The yep. opposition should be the one fumbling. Yep. You know, you know, Jones was clean with the ball. Steele was clean with the ball um, around the midfield. You know, we weren't able to lay the tackling pressure as the game went on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no excuse for it, really. No, absolutely not. And as we saw, you know, Dixon dropped. Dixon, it was like watching 2018 Dixon again, you know, where he'd get in good position. He was in front of his opponent, two hands on the ball, drop mark. And that happened about eight times during the game. And He did, uh, he did have a couple of arm chop, blatant arm chops that he didn't get rewarded for, though, either. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, you get two hands on the ball. Look, he's been in wonderful marking form, you know, career-best marking form. So... You know, I don't know. It was just a, an off night for him. But, yeah, that last quarter was uh, very, very disappointing. You know, they got the early goal and then we were on the back foot a little bit. And then I guess the moment happened, which you mentioned before, which was, you know, Justin Westhoff took a great intercept mark, uh, you know, outbodied Max King and, you know, beat him to the bowl. And that was great. And then off the back step, he decides to try and deliver a 30-metre pass out of the back 50 and does the mother of all shanks and, uh, you know, delivers it down Dan Butler's throat. And at the ground, the sense of, like, you know, the balloon popping and the air just going completely out of the stadium and all the tension out of the stadium was very noticeable at that moment. And we did not recover. The crowd did not recover. We knew, everyone knew that was at the ground, that's it, game over. Even though there was, still I'm sure. 10 I'm sure Westhoff knew too. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, he knew. He absolutely knew. And you know, again, it just comes down to those moments. You know, we we seem to have a lot of these moments where under pressure, 
we choke at home. Mm. Um, Composure, and do right? just stupid things like that. Like, why are you Composure. trying to kick the ball off your back step coming out of the back line? Like, just don't yeah. do it, ever. Don't do it. Yep. You didn't need to but do it. But it's it's the same old players. like, And you know what? But we, as uh, the coaches, deserve it because they rewarded a player that they were dropping on form and they brought him back into the side. So you what know? were your thoughts when McKenzie was... Um, was a late exclusion with back spasms. What What were your thoughts when you heard that news? Oh, well, I was busy working my friggin' ass off, so I didn't <laughs> even really know. So, um, you and know... You watched I, the game and you thought, why the hell is Westhoff out there? Yeah. yeah, sort of. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess Westhoff was... A, I thought Westhoff is a safe selection. The devil you know, rather than the person you don't. I, I, part of me thought, was this like a crafty plan to try and add some more um, height to our defence after the Brisbane game and, you know, had the coaches maybe learnt that they needed a little bit height, a bit more height down the back, um, you know, or I think the coaches were just playing it safe. Um, yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? But I guess, um, you know, should they play to Watts, align it, um, you know, instead? Um, probably. And I guess... Mm. You know, it's shame on us, you know, if you keep going back to the same well and drinking stale water and making yourself sick, that's that's what happens, you know. And, uh, I mean, I'm not a massive Linet fan, but I'd rather... Seeing a Linet out there would probably give me a little bit more hope and inspiration than uh, seeing Westhoff, no offence to Justin, but in the poor form that he's in, so... Yeah. Look, I was obviously... You know, championing his uh, removal from the side after some pretty bad form. But when he came back, look, whoever would have thought that uh, we would rue the day that we would uh, miss Trent McKenzie? Like, whoever thought that would happen? Yes. Here we are. And, uh, you know, I wasn't that disappointed when Hoff came back in knowing he was going to play down back. I thought, yeah, it's probably the best option at this late notice, I guess. Probably would have preferred Watts, but, you know, he wasn't named, so you got to go with whoever's best option at the moment, and he would have been best. But look, well, I, I think thought, we really missed... Overall, I, I thought missed... Hoff played an okay game. He played an okay game. He just made the worst mistake, which didn't cost us the game, but it certainly let all the... As I said, all the tension, all the drama. You we knew forgive... at that moment it was over. You can't forgive a player that's nearly 300 games in for that sort of play, yeah. Right. You could a Laddams do it or something like that. Yeah, fair enough, right? But not a 275-game veteran. Like, it's They shouldn't be doing it. But I yeah. think the thing with McKenzie is, I think the thing that we missed most from Trent was probably his kicking. Yeah, and his marking. Right? Yeah. And it, his facilitation of ball movement and able to, you know, it creates a threat for the opposition because he can kick along and that's what we've been using with him. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we lost a little that little bit of that courage on Saturday night with him there, not there. So, Absolutely. which was a bit of a shame. Yep. But um, anyway, it was shit. It was a with hindsight, <laughs> it was a shit selection, and I never endorsed it, and he shouldn't have been selected. There you go. And I, I'm <laughs> pretty it. sure I would have said that somewhere at some time. Yeah. Uh, Riley Bonner, who's uh, you know spot in the side, has been you know, under the pump. He obviously missed a game or two and came back in. This week, he did not play well at all again. Um, is his spot in jeopardy long-term? Is that maybe the last time we see him 
for a very, very long time. Didn't he, uh, didn't he go at like 92% kicking efficiency or something? I don't know. I haven't checked. No, I thought Janus pulled up that he got 14 disposals at 92% or something. When you add in the uh, 37 fumbles that he had, <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Well, look, he did get 92% disposal efficiency, but he played a rock. Can game. umpiring cause fumbles? No. Can, can inconsistent umpiring... Not on a back cause, ...cause that much confusion with the players that they're so non-confident in collecting the ball that they might get pinged for it, that no. it's safer to fumble the ball instead. No, because we were fumbly straight from the start before any of the supposed bad umpiring was a thing in this game. So, Do you believe in bad umpiring, Mecca? I believe in bad umpiring. Look, I might as well talk about the umpiring because that was one of the major sort of discussion points from the game. Um... And look, I, I didn't think it was that bad. They just got a lot of goals from free kicks, direct from free kicks. But when you look, look, I've gone back and looked at them one-on-one, and I think that the majority of the ones in front, well, most of the ones in front of goal were there and were absolutely free kicks. The issue was, for me, was the inconsistencies around some of the other decisions that they were making. You know, things like you know blatant holding the balls, going missed, and then... You know, a dodgy one going their way um, straight after. That sort of thing happened four or five times, which was uh, very confusing. Uh, but it just seemed to be one umpire out there that was uh, <laughs> causing most of the damage, and that was number 12, Andrew Stevens. Uh, not to name him or anything, but... Was that um, the one that was uh, joining St Kilda at the centre bounce huddles? Yeah, that was the one. It's, yeah. Look, it was very noticeable at the ground. Probably from sort of partway through the second quarter that he was the one that was making some of the dodgy decisions. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'd love to see riot, the breakdown, the free kick breakdown, and how many he that actually That rider Jonas free in front of goal was pretty bloody soft, Mecca. Um, well, no, I thought that was pretty obvious to be honest. Because if well, you wrap, rider, if you wrap two hands, initiated the contract, the contact. Maybe, but still, if you wrap two arms around your opponent in front of goal, you're asking for it, I think. Well, what are you supposed to do? The, the player wrapped his arms around the defender first. Uh, he didn't. He just backed into him. Yeah, Jonas, but Jonas was the one that, that gave him a bear hug and then was up in arms about, why is that a free kick? Well, because you're bear yeah, hugged in front of goal. So. Uh, and then you got Laddams, uh, you know, the, the grapple of Laddams at the front of the contest that he gave away the free. That was, that the, was dumb. That was just not. You got there. the tunnel. You got the tunneling of Laddams. Yeah, um, yeah that wasn't there. Well, that that was <laughs> that was. I thought there was going to be you know fifteen hundred people about to run onto the ground at well, that point. It was going to be mean, like one of those Argentinian D-grade soccer games where the crowd attacks the umpire. Um, I mean, even that fifty meter on Jonas for the holding the player. Like, mm. when does when does that ever get paid? You know, like it's just crazy. You know, it was. The ball's gone. Uh, he's not even, you know, it's just like, what the hell? You know, it was, it was just a bizarre. Like, and the thing is, like, St Kilda probably didn't even need the umpire's help because they probably would have won the game anyway. Yeah. Because that's, why I said, that's why I say it had pretty minimal... I, I don't think there was any chance the umpires had any sort of play in 
us winning the game or losing oh, they, the game. It made it easier for them to win the game, but they would have won the game anyway because okay. they were killing us at the stoppages. Yeah. You know, like our friggin' midfielders, everyone can beat up on Laddams if they want to, um, but our midfielders were deplorable. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, how how many times, like, Ollie Wines gets sucked into the contest and Nate Jones just stayed out and then got the ball and ran off. It was like, yeah. fuck. I mean, think about it, boys. Like, where was the coaching? Yeah. You know, where was the instructions to even have the wingers maybe on the outside defensively of the contest to at least try and b- block the run if they win the ball out of the contest? You know, what was going on there? Yeah. Oh, look, the top seven midfielders in the game... If you were to rate them, I reckon all seven would have been St Kilda players because Marshall was great. Ryder obviously had a huge impact with his uh, with his tap outs. Uh, Jack Steele was excellent. Hunter Clark was excellent. Uh, Jade Gresham had a really really good game. Zach Jones played like a superstar. Um, yeah, it was it was very disappointing effort from all our midfielders. Not just look, Laddams did what he does, and that was he got a lot of the ball. And, you know, followed up his work when it hit the ground and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, his actual ruck work was concerning. The main concern for me was that we've got Patrick Ryder, who spent, what, five years with us, and we can't read his taps anymore and where it's going to go. That was was the major disappointment for me. Mm. But I'd rather our midfielders get... 15 of Laddams' 21 possessions than yeah. Laddams getting 21 possessions. For sure. Well, again, maybe it's the fact that we're just too defensive you know, in our setups. We're too too busy concentrating on the man while they're concentrating on the ball, similar to what we said after the Brisbane game. Yep. Know, for, for Boak to play all the game in the midfield and have zero clearances, oh, that's unheard of. That's literally only happened two other times, I think, in his career. Um mm. So that's, uh, you know, he was pretty poor on the night. I thought Wines was disappointing. Um, you know, Houston was all right. Pal Pepper was all right. Uh, but that's about it, really. Yep, it was average. Very average. Uh, Mitch Next. Georgiades came in to the side. How did you see his game? Oh, he did a bit. I wouldn't say he did a lot. But, you know, he uh, kicked a goal a few marks. Yeah, you can see there's something there, but I'm yeah. not going to say he was amazing. Um, you know, but he's a second game player, right? Yeah. So he's, he's if we're relying on our fate being on a, a second game player, well, there's we've got issues. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, when there was no multiple goal scorer, he kicks a goal, took some marks, applied a bit of pressure. That's all you can ask, and yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see a future for Mitch in our team and in the forward line, and uh, hopefully going forward, he can, he'll get a bit more ball and a bit more confidence. And it was a shit game for Mitch, though, right? No fast ball movement, um, yeah. So for all of our forwards, really, but let alone uh, someone like him, it was a pretty deplorable game for him to play in and try and get ball. So he, he did what he did, and uh, you know, so hats off to him for for that. Yeah, I think his midfielders let him down in that they weren't really looking for him. I watched him pretty closely, and some of his leading patterns were really, really good. He was getting out in front and uh, should have been the option um, inside 50 probably six or seven more times than what he was. Um, yeah. But the players kicking inside 50 either didn't see him or 
chose a different option instead. But I thought well, he was courage, he was right? so, that's courage as well. Yeah, well, I thought he was solid. You know, he uh, he did what he was supposed to do, which was take some marks. He kicked a nice goal. There was that wonderful bit of play where he took a contested mark, then he kicked it to Marshall, who took to, took a contested mark and gold. That was the play of the day. Um, you know, he I, he needs to stay in the side. He needs to stay in there, grow more in confidence, and then we'll start seeing seeing him get those sort of twelve to fifteen touches a game, as opposed to sort of five to seven. So who were they? Um, who were they kicking it to if they weren't kicking it to Mitch? Well, mostly Dicko, mostly mm. Dixon or Gray. Uh, you know, they're, they're our main two targets inside fifty, and you know, what? Dixon let us down with his bad marking, and Gray's just in horrific form at the moment. I think there's. Well, it's disappointing. It's no disappointing too, that. though. Because, like, you know, I mean, if he's free, that's the whole point of a Dixon and Gray as well, though. People flock to them, so it should allow those other players to find freedom and space. Yeah. And we need to have the courage to utilise those players, no matter how many games they're played. Um, because, so whether it's a Marshall or Mitch or, or whoever, um, Sam Gray, you know, we should be you know, looking for those outside of that contest because that's where the opportunities are going to come. Yeah. Look, you know, Butters had a really off night. That was his worst game by an absolute mile for the season. You know, he's been really, really good this year. And when pretty much all your forward line's down, like Dixon was below average, Butters below average, Rosie's not getting near it, Gray's not getting near it, Farrell, um, you know, it was down on his last two weeks down. You can't win when five of your forwards... You know, below average, <laughs> no. quite, quite simply, and not getting uh, not getting shots on goal for sure. Correct. So let's uh, let's forget about that and go into some questions. And uh, my old man, Brucey, uh, decided to ask me a question on the mobile today, and mm. he wants us to uh, go through the original fixture and see what we might have been on at this time. Which I've Jesus. got in front of me. <laughs> I knew right. you'd whinge about that. I've got it in front of me. We can do it really quick. The thing yep. that's, that surprised me, which I didn't expect, was um, that we're going into round twenty at the moment. If it was a normal season, I didn't. Geez, we've got to go through that many games. I know it's uh, crazy. Yeah, but now, but the problem is we're going to be judging it on the perception of what's happened in these eight games. Yep, correct. That's right. Spot on. So round one, we played Gold Coast. We won that. Round two, we played the Crows. We won that. So that's locked in. Round three, North Melbourne away. Win or loss? Oh, we would have won that. We won that. West Coast at home? Uh, I would have put that down as a loss. Okay. Collingwood at the MCG? I would have put that down as a loss. Yeah. Western Bulldogs at home? Uh, I would have put that down as a loss. I'll I'll say a win for that one. I reckon that's a win. Uh, Carlton at home? I would have put that down for a win. Yep. Melbourne away? I would have put that down as a loss. Okay. Brisbane at home? Uh, I, probably, I would have backed us in to beat Brisbane. Okay. That's a surprise. Hawthorne? Don't, yeah. Don't ask me why. Hawthorne in Tassie? Yeah, I probably would have put that down as a loss. Mm. I reckon we would win, would win that with their form at the moment. Uh, St Kilda away? Put that down as a loss. We just lost to them. Well, I'm a, but I'm assuming that based on what I would have picked at the start of the year. Okay. Not on COVID, not on COVID form. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. St Kilda away, I would have picked a, a loss. Crows again, we would have won that. Yeah. Uh, Geelong at home? 
Loss. Frio at that's home. What, that's one of those stereotypical games like the other night. Yeah, just lock it in. But, Geelong at home, loss every year. Even though we beat them last year. But uh, anyway, uh, Frio at home. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win. Richmond away, that's a loss. Lock that in. Uh, Gold Coast at home. Mm, yeah, it's a win. Uh, Sydney at the SEG. That's a, yeah, it's a win. Sydney and Hawthorne at home. Yeah, I would have banked that in too. Okay. Well, that's 12. That's 12 wins. We would have made finals. Look at that. Look at that. I think we would have been around that sort of, yeah, 10 to 12 mark, given our form and other teams' form so far and all that sort of stuff. And our, so. his, and our history of finishing 10th. Because we can talk about COVID form, but look, the Crows were going to be shit regardless. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Frio as well, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yes. North's the, North's the interesting one because they started, you know, last year under Reshaw. They were fighters and amazing and. Now they're limp and impotent. Mm. Yes. You're going to get rid of their only forward. Maybe. Maybe. Well, he hasn't been very good, Benny Brown. Would you Would you take Ben Brown? No, not with uh, Dixon. I think mm. they're too similar. Mm-hmm. Would not you uh, get rid of Dixon and keep Ben Brown? No. No, probably not. Because North would want too much. I think. Plus, don't he, wants, don't he wants huge money, so definitely not. Mm. Mm. Did you anyway, see the top 50 players' salaries? No, I, I don't have a uh, subscription, so I missed it. Yeah, I saw it on the, at the pub on the table. I had a look. Well, I mean, the anomaly for me is like these teams, these big profile teams, how they can pay some of their star players that absurd amount of salary in the salary cap but still keep all the other players they've got yeah it doesn't then you got us which is didn't have anyone in like the top 20 and uh, you know it doesn't make sense look they've spoken about this a lot on one of the podcasts that I listened to and that's that a lot of teams are going to a different wage structure which is more top heavy and then paying a lot of sort of role players, you know, base wage sort of thing. And they use the example of GWS as that sort of club at the moment, which, you know, has an excellent top seven or eight players who all demand big money. But then you've got guys like DeBoer who are on nothing, guys like Sam Reed and Daniel Lloyd who are on, you know, 80 grand a year or whatever it is and just getting, um, you know, match wages essentially. And that's how it sort of evens itself out. And it's interesting, I think probably Richmond might be on a similar sort of track to that as well. Mm. And probably Collingwood for that. Well, surely we, we, we should, as a club, which has a more even wage structure, we should be attacking those, those good role players and getting them into our side. Surely they'd be prizable if they're only on 80, 100 grand a year. Maybe, but that also may be what they're worth as well. Know what I mean? Mm. Well, I don't really want to attract Matt DeBoer here for three hundred grand a year, to be honest. No, but and if he's playing every that... week, then why would he lose? Why would he move? No, a bit like St Kilda getting that Dan Butler or something like that, though. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's go through some other questions. Interstater has uh, asked, in hindsight, who should we have picked for this game? Uh, I would have said Watts if he was fit. Uh, Hayes. I think with hindsight, Hayes should have probably been in the side uh, for Ruck chop out. Yeah. And uh, maybe Garner for Bonner. Yeah. Uh, I would have gone... I probably would have backed in the team that we had. Maybe Garner for Bonner. That would have been about it. I don't know what's happened to Garner. Who knows? Like, he just doesn't seem to be on the radar at the moment, which is disappointing. But hopefully he uh, gets a game soon because he's a bloody good player. Yeah. Uh, Steve Power has asked, why are we consistently lethargic and tentative in front of our own home crowd? We get stage fright. Stage fright, you reckon? Uh, I think we're lethargic and tentative in front of most <laughs> most crowds and most grounds, as we've uh, sort of uh, discussed already. But um, I don't know, maybe it's just more noticeable at home. Long live PAFC has asked, why are Buzzer and Watts on our list if they don't get played? Because they cheap. Because one's no good and one's injured, probably. Uh, but look, we sh- we might see them. All right, that's going to be the big one with uh, with Marshall out, who replaces him. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those two come in. Uh, he's also asked, who is your key off season target? Hmm. Dougal Howard. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. Phil uh, Davis, maybe? I'm going to say I'd really like either Jacob Hopper from GWS or Jai Coldwell from GWS. They'd be my two main go Alex Rance out of retirement. That'd be good. That'd be good. Long live PAFC also asks, how do we arrest these mid-game momentum shifts? I feel like Bring we've... Bring out the biff. <laughs> We've we've had that question maybe eighty six times in the last uh, seven years that we've been doing this. Who knows if we knew we would uh, we would be able to stop it by now. We need a fight like the olden days. Biff someone. Mm. Uh, CT power. Well, this is kind of what we were talking about. What sort of list is needed to win a flag in the next few years? Is it a Richmond model whereby you have five or six stars and then a group of solid footballers? Or is it the traditional Brisbane, Geelong, Hawthorne sides that were full of champions? Can you even assemble such a team like Hawthorne had given there are now 18 clubs? Well, anything's possible. It just create. It just needs clever strategy. I think our drafting's good. I, I just think we're off with our development. Yeah. We, you know, our kids come in and they're amazing, but they just plateau quicker than what other clubs kids do and we just struggle to get our our players to to rise to the next level i mean ollie's a perfect example of that yep that's fair afl 2004 has asked should nathan bassett be let go uh well our forward line's been functioning very well yeah um so don't know why i think schofield's the one that um needs to answer a few questions after the Brisbane game and this game and our midfield just being absolutely obliterated both times. Um, can't win every game, Leave yeah, Scoey alone. You can't. You can't win Scoey's my go-to guy for no can. And Glitch has asked, uh, can we realistically see Westhoff getting dropped given that McKenzie apparently is still out? Yes. 
I'm happy to, if we have to, I'm happy to suit up if it stops Westy um, playing. <laughs> I, I would like to see that. I'd like to see that. I wouldn't because we'd lose by a lot. Maybe. But I'd happy to take one for the team just to get him out of there. That's it. All right. Well, that's it for I'd this evening, buddy. I'd some biff, though, Macca. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't think we'll be doing a Thursday podcast because the game's on. Um, oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's... we might do one over the weekend, maybe. Well, what are we going to do over the weekend? Talk about the Thursday night game. <sighs> and then we've got a Monday night game, too. Well, unless we just do a double review after. Shit. Um, well, maybe decisions, we'll have to do decisions. something. Maybe we'll, we'll have, have to, to work like it out. Saturday. Maybe we'll have to do a Saturday night or a Sunday one or something. Okay. We'll uh, Sunday night I might be able to do. Okay. Saturday right. I'm shit would work all day, so Fair enough. maybe Sunday. Well, what's going to happen with Melbourne then? Well, that's that's a big question. I think we'll bounce back and win. I'm not sure why, but I just feel like we will. Going back up to Brisbane will, where we've, we've played a lot of games. Um... I, Shame I it wasn't Metricon. I know. The Portricon. Why, why wouldn't they give us Metricon? Well, probably because we've won too many games there. All right, until next time, <laughs> cut the power.